investing in internal marketing is truly a growth driver for organizations because what you're doing is actually inspiring your teams around the mission that you're trying to accomplish, of the goals of the company. And ultimately, what you're probably doing is solving the problem for the customer in a more effective way because your teams understand the value of what they're doing. It's no different than anything else in life. You know, for most individuals, you want to do things that you enjoy, that you're inspired by, that has a a larger purpose than just your desk. And uh, companies that are selling that vision are the ones that are growing faster, are being a little bit more efficient with their time and energy. And, and that's why it's valuable for companies to invest in this thing. You know, we spend a lot of time and energy talking about how to inspire customers or prospects to buy from us. I always say if we could spend half of that energy and time inspiring our internal teams about why it matters that we're building this for our customers, we're going to be better off because those people are going to come to the work the next day excited about what they're building. They're going to be more effective with their jobs. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Internal Marketing Podcast, the unique podcast series that flips the marketing conversation from external to internal, where we talk about everything you need to know about how to build a brand and drive growth by engaging and empowering your company's most powerful advocates, your very own employees, of course. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Stimson, and in this episode, it's going to be very special because... It's the last episode of season two of this podcast. We're going to be moving into season three, but this is the last episode of season two. And I'm happy and indeed honored to have a very special guest with me here today. He is Rick Knutson and Rick is the CEO of Workshop. And of course, if you've been with us all season, you'd know that Workshop is the season two sponsor of the Internal Marketing Podcast. And in this discussion, Rick will be talking about how we can create, send, and measure internal marketing campaigns that win. Of course, Workshop is an internal marketing platform for creating beautifully branded employee-specific campaigns. It replaces any internal email tool you have and integrates with the other communication channels that your team uses the most, including Slack, SharePoint, and Microsoft Teams. So without further ado, let's dive right into the conversation with Rick. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome, welcome. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome to watch you from a distance and be a part of this season. So excited to be here. Excited to chat internal marketing. Obviously, we live and breathe this stuff, so I can't wait to get into it. But I appreciate everything you do. So thanks a lot for uh, the opportunity. Thank you. And I appreciate you guys as well. We're going to get into more of what you do and more about workshop for those people who are still getting acquainted with who workshop is and what you guys do. So we're going to get into that later in the episode. But thank you, actually. I, I must start out by thanking Workshop for being a part of this and being a part of season two and sharing this vision of having the internal marketing conversation across uh, not only the United States, but I'd like to say the world because we're an international podcast for sure. So Rick, we're going to be talking today about internal marketing, particularly when we talk about what I like to call internal marketing campaign execution. Of course, the concept of internal marketing is the process of engaging employees and educating them, informing them and onboarding them in the company mission, vision, purpose, products, services, all with the goal of not only engaging them, yes, but empowering them to become advocates of the brand. That's the ultimate objective of internal marketing. But the communications component, or as I like to call it, the campaign component is really at the heart of all of that. How are you communicating most effectively with your employees? So the message gets through, they get it, 
and the objectives that you have in mind are achieved. And so we're really going to get into the nuts and bolts of internal marketing, particularly the communications and campaign component, which is right up your street because that's what Workshop helps us to do. But I'd love to just start out, as I always do, Rick, with a level setting question. Would you start out by telling us what's the difference between an internal marketing campaign and how does it differ from an external marketing campaign? As obvious as that might be, I thought it would be a great way to start the conversation. Yeah, I think that actually it might even be good to start with, like, why do we describe it as marketing when we're talking about internal use cases? And I think that for a lot of companies, when you think of marketers, you're thinking of people that are inspiring you know, potential customers or prospects to act on something, maybe it's buy a product or engage with content, whatever it might be. In reality, the internal communicators of the world, those that are focused on inspiring internal employees are doing very similar things and actually operating a lot like marketers, which is why I love the term internal marketing. I love that that's the name of your podcast too. It's fantastic. So the difference though, is obviously who's the audience and what channels are you using? When we're thinking about internal marketing, we're talking about, of course, our employees, which I like to describe as the most important audience for any company. So the marketers of the world, I love that you're attracting more customers, but if you don't have alignment internally with your teams, then it's hard to do that. So, uh, so of course, the audience is about internal employees, and we're trying to inspire them, like you said, around mission, goals, even just maybe, what are we trying to accomplish this week? Let's make sure everybody is in alignment on those things. So the audience is one piece, and then the other one is, is what are the channels, right? External marketing, of course, you're trying to find customers or prospects in you know wherever they might live or be, which might be social networks, or maybe you're doing Google ads or something like that. Not as effective for internal marketing, of course. So we're talking about things like company chat or the internet that you're using. Email, of course, is a huge component of that. So I think the combination of those two things, like what channels are you using, what type of content are you building, and of course, the audience being an internal, is the difference between something that you might see an external marketing team do. And I love the way you kind of broke that down and and you said something and I want to kind of dig a little deeper into that because as marketers, of course, we're focused on external marketing. We're focused on the customer because, hey, as I always like to say, as a business, we understand it's customers that allow us to eat, (laughs) right? Without customers, we don't get to eat. We get that, but not enough marketers, I don't think, recognize, as you say, the importance of having your team, your employees, and not just the marketing team now, but the entire body of employees in a company on board in the whole marketing process. And I wanted to just double down on that because there are some companies who are taking the whole matter of internal marketing very seriously, some not so much. And I think it's great if you could just expand for us a little bit, Rick, what's the benefit of incorporating internal marketing in a company strategy? Why should a company even care? I've had this question a few times in different settings. And and of course, we could spend hours talking about engagement and how highly engaged teams are, are those that drive the most results, you know, and I think there's lots of studies out there that talk about these types of things. So I think it's as simple as putting it that way, which is when you're thinking about customers, yes, they are obviously what allows us to do the things that we love to do at the companies that we work at, of course. But also the customers rely on us to be inspired by what we're trying to solve for them as, as relates to what problem we're solving for them. And I've worked in organizations where teams are less aligned, teams are more aligned. 
if you've been able to work in a company that has highly aligned, highly engaged teams, it's an entirely different setting. And for me, investing in internal marketing is truly a growth driver for organizations because what you're doing is actually inspiring your teams around the mission that you're trying to accomplish, of the goals of the company. And ultimately, what you're probably doing is solving the problem for the customer in a more effective way because your teams understand the value of what they're doing. It's no different than anything else in life. You know, for most individuals, you want to do things that you enjoy, that you're inspired by, that has a, a larger purpose than just you, you know, in your desk. And uh, companies that are selling that vision are the ones that are growing faster, are being a little bit more efficient with their time and energy. And, and that's why it's valuable for companies to invest in this thing. You know, we spend a lot of time and energy talking about how to inspire customers or prospects to buy from us. I always say if we could spend half of that energy and time inspiring our internal teams about why it matters that we're building this for our customers, we're going to be better off because those people are going to come to the work the next day excited about what they're building. They're going to be more effective with their jobs. And I would totally agree with that and add that at the end of the day, it's those employees that are going to be delivering on that brand promise to the customer ultimately. So we're telling the customers, this is our promise to you. This is how we're going to deliver. And we're not onboarding, as you say, our employees in that vision and that purpose. When they now connect with the customer through a service engagement or a sales conversation and that promise doesn't line up, then it speaks to inauthenticity, essentially, of the brand and the, the customers ultimately don't get it and, and you don't win. As we talk about internal marketing, another question I like to ask a lot of folks, because you spoke about marketers needing to be more engaged in this whole internal marketing approach. I find in some companies, people hear about internal marketing and like, oh, that's HR's job. Or maybe they say, well, that's internal comms's job. And I've heard different schools of thought on this, and I always like to get your take as well, is should there be an, a center of excellence of where internal marketing exists and emanates from, or should it be a shared thing? What's your view? And perhaps even with all the clients you've worked with, what have you seen that works best? Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely changes as your company grows, of course. And if you're a smaller organization, a hundred, a few hundred employees, you know, I think that it is a combination of effort between the people department, the HR department, if you will, and the marketing organization. I think it's because both of those functions have different skill sets for the most part. One is worried a lot about sometimes just policies, but also they have to internal campaigns. Of course, it's part of their role in HR. And marketers are really good at inspiring people. Like they're really great at content and messaging. And what I like to see organizations do as they evolve is they do create a center of excellence where you have uh, copywriters and content experts that are also tied up with those that are, you know, obviously very skilled at the, the people development. And if you can create an internal communications team I'd highly encourage it. And there probably already is pockets of your organization, if you haven't done this quite yet, that are spending as much time as you know, you'd want a full team to be doing that. And you just haven't actually given them the full autonomy to tackle those challenges. And the reason for this and why I think a center of excellence is actually important is we see a lot of companies that we've worked with that, that are kind of asking marketing for time, you know, and marketing has a priority list. And it's hard to actually divorce yourself from like, oh, the revenue goals this month. We have all of these objectives that we have to hit. But we also need to get people excited about the new hire class that just was uh, just joined, right? So it kind of always falls to the bottom of that list of things. So I always say that the internal comms team, if you have one, gets to run at the pace of the company, which I think if you're splitting time across departments, that isn't the case. You're always kind of second best as far as a priority is concerned. And I'll just go back to what we already talked about, which is 
if we believe that employees are maybe our most important asset, if you even want to use that term, right? They're people, you know, so like we're very focused on like making sure that they are excited about their job and they're inspired by what we're doing. They are an important aspect of success. So if they are a second or an afterthought for any specific team at this point, I'd encourage focus on that as a, as a core competency of the organization. I'm agreeing with you on that. And I think ultimately, of course, it really should never be very far from marketing, if at all. It really needs to be part of the same family, I suspect, because ultimately we want to be singing, I guess, from the same hymn sheet. You know, what we do, what the brand promises, what we're saying to the customer has to be the same thing that we're saying to employees, where everybody has to be part of the same community. I think ultimately that's where it has to be and giving it the focus and the resources that it needs to win. Now, we're going to go, of course, eventually into how we get into some of the exciting stuff, you know, setting up the campaigns and whatnot. But before we do that, I'm sure, and again, speaking from your experience with the various companies that you would have been partnering with and serving, I'm sure you would probably want to say, you know what, before you even start to think about designing an internal marketing campaign as a company, there are certain things you probably need to have in place. And not just obviously the resources and the people. I'm talking maybe are there any sort of cultural or operational considerations that a company needs to bear in mind before you have a campaign? Because I'm suspecting that ultimately whatever you do, it has to come across as authentic. It's something I've mentioned before. Maybe it is there some culture issues, some people issues. Have we even defined our purpose? You know, things like that. I mean, what do you think a company needs to be addressing first and foremost before they start thinking about designing all these wonderful internal marketing campaigns and rolling those messages out? Yeah, it is like the fourth or fifth step to start marketing to your employees, of course, because there's lots of things that would actually build the foundation of how you even approach a problem like inspiring a team around an objective or any vision. The first one is, is culturally. I think that one question that I see a lot of companies ask is, how transparent should we be? How do we leverage what we know about our, you know, our goals and that sort of thing, and then break it down in a way that is inspiring to every department or team. So I think that culturally, you should kind of be addressing internally with your company. How do you disseminate information today? Is it the most effective approach to doing it? Or do you believe that there's pockets of the organization that aren't getting information that you wish they were? Or are you seeing in engagement surveys that the communication bar is always lowest? I tend to see that. And then what pockets of the organization aren't actually as engaged from a communication standpoint? So I think a first step is understanding the culture of communication internally at your company today. Do your employees have a good view of it? Do they not? Are they saying things like, oh, my managers aren't informing me or I don't understand why we're doing X, Y, or Z? These things are going to help inform how to be more effective when doing internal marketing. Because if you find that it's a gap in middle management that isn't really cascading information, then you can be a little bit more proactive with that type of communication, helping your managers train up as better communicators. Or if, for instance, you're finding that employees are saying, I don't understand why we are doing this, I didn't know that was a priority, then clearly we're probably providing too much information to people and they can't actually make sense of what's most important or not. So if you do engagement surveys today, which most organizations of certain scales are, and if you aren't, please do, because it's going to help you learn a lot about your company. But if you are, then study those and understand where communication sits today. That's going to help you actually build a better strategy for internal marketing if you're starting to be more intentional about that. 
All right. I love that. It's very important. I agree that, you know, you have to understand what's kind of the temperature on the ground, how are employees feeling based on what's your typical pattern of communicating to them. Thanks for sharing that, Rick. So having covered, well, having covered and done the temperature check on the ground and just getting a sense of where employees are, I actually love to do things like there is any opportunity to do surveys and focus groups to see if there is any listening that we need to be doing to pick up on certain things before we even start the campaign process. But let's say we've done our homework, we've gotten that all out of the way, and we were like, yeah, okay, we're ready now to explore the possibility of designing and implementing internal marketing campaigns. In the creation process, what are the initial steps that you in your experience, would say are the critical first steps in creating an internal marketing campaign? Yeah, I think that maybe back to like the whole idea of why we even use the word marketing, it's pretty similar to that approach, which if you are in marketing or you're moving to internal, then I would say probably keep doing what you've been trained to do, which is uh, first understand what the goal is. If, for instance, internally, if there's, I like to use open enrollment as an example in the States where we're getting people onboarded to their benefits for the year. There's a very clear goal. I need every employee to opt into the something or opt out of something. So that has to happen. So I have to educate them to do that one way or the other. And uh, so I always say start with a goal. And that's a really easy example. But for instance, if we are trying to build more camaraderie in the organization or whatever we're seeing in engagement surveys that would say that like maybe we don't have as much of a team atmosphere as we want. I like to use new hires as a good example too. Like new hires walking into a large organization have a hard time getting into the team culture. You know, maybe there's inside jokes that they aren't involved with. In a remote world, it's even more challenging. We've all seen it before. So one thing that we did at our old company, of course, was to make the new hire onboarding experience really great, but also market to our employees about how amazing their new colleagues are, right? And the goal was to inspire them around the amazing people they get to work with. And hopefully it makes everybody get back to work in a great way more quickly. So that's another goal. Like I want my employees to be excited about who they get to work with tomorrow when they start at the company. So first things first is always start with the goal. And then understand the second thing I would say is what channels are your company using on a daily basis and for what reasons? Because in, again, back to like marketing basics where certain pieces of content deserve on a different approach for, per channel, right? So if your company is heavy chat culture, that's going to inform a different type of campaign versus maybe you're more email centric, but you do have some elements of chat. So I would say, look at the channels that your company is using. What are they using those things for? And what that's going to do is allow you to kind of inform, if I'm going to build this campaign, and I like, I'll continue on down this new hire idea because I think it's kind of a unique and kind of fun to dream about a little bit. But if I was going to try to inspire my teams around their new colleagues and we're very email focused, I'd probably introduce them via email. But the reality is in any marketing campaign, this stuff takes time. You aren't going to read one email and be like, oh, I get it all. Maybe actually over two or three weeks, we introduce each one of them with a video that's unique to them, um, that gives you a little bit more depth. And it's actually over time that we inspire them. So it's email focused. And then in Slack, we do a celebration at the end, right? So whatever the story or the campaign ends up being, it's multi-channel. So understand that content should be designed on a per-channel basis too. Uh, so those are probably the two things I would start with. It's just, what's the goal? What channels are most effective for what piece of the content? Then you can kind of craft this campaign from the ground up. It's so interesting to hear you speak because that's pretty much how we as marketers approach the external campaigns that we do. It shows the striking similarities, you know, what's the objective of this external campaign, the best channels, how are we morphing, repurposing the messages for the various 
channels. It's, it's so similar because at the end of the day, you're talking to people and you're trying to engage and market to people. Any pitfalls that you think companies ought to be looking out for? Because I'm sure maybe there are some blind spots and probably companies won't readily pick up and consider. I think that to, I won't dive back into the channels, but I'll just say that quickly, that not all content belongs in every channel, right? And I think that's probably the biggest pitfall is like, hey, we have this message, send it to everyone, same time and everything that they read, right? All you've done is actually watered down the importance of it, frankly. So I think that's the biggest pitfall is do not just craft one message and send it out to everything. Think about where, where they're going to read it and why it's a little bit different. And I think that maybe another pitfall is just too much information, right? We work with a lot of companies that have a company newsletter. We always say that the, the company newsletter is like the website to the marketing team. It's like, if you do nothing else, make your website great because it's probably where most of the content's going to be absorbed. So focus on that. And the newsletter is like that for internal comms, I think. And what we find, some organizations devolved this newsletter where everybody's submitting the content and everything gets into the newsletter. And because, of course, People across the organization believe that their priority is the most important, right? And I think that's the most basic pitfall is you've said, everybody's informed because I told them everything they should ever need to know. But what you've actually done is make it really impossible for them to understand what's most important and what the priority is. So sometimes as internal comms leaders, you have to say no. And I think that's probably the, the simplest thing you can do to make a more crafted, better focused message. All right. The newsletter, I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm silently laughing because I'm like, yeah, I think every company suffers from that. You know, you got got to have a newsletter. Most companies do and you got to kind of dump everything in there. But again, just like external marketing, if your audience is really not connected, it doesn't mean anything to them or it's not the information is not presented in a way that, that they're going to digest it or, or they make them even care about it, then what's the point? I appreciate those points. And, you know, as you talk about newsletter, I think it's a great segue into the next question, which has to do with distributions through the various channels, because it's so important. As you say, you could put out a newsletter and maybe there's some great stuff in it, but maybe that's not how your team wants to digest information. What's the most optimal way, I guess, then that you know, when you're designing an internal marketing campaign to really consider the best way to distribute that information that you want to put out there to your team? It is definitely dependent on the culture of the organization. And that's probably in a few ways. What are the more standard ways that your company is currently communicating? You know, we're now, a lot of organizations are still in this kind of like hybrid remote environments, certainly in the last couple of years. So that's changed dramatically. So people are trying to figure out how to communicate in a digital first way. So that might inform how you might distribute things. But if your company is, is very, you know, I used to work in an organization that was chat before email, right? Which is, I think, relatively rare, but becoming more common. And what we found is that we had to pull the content out of chat because chat was just a dumping ground at some point. So we had to almost invent a new channel in the organization to make sure that our message was received because we said, hey, email is now important. If you get an email, definitely read that. Slack messages, Microsoft Teams messages. If you get to them, great. It's kind of good to know, not need to know. So I think that there's a lot about how your, your company culture is currently set up. And another thought is in a remote world, I would think a lot about like what tools allow you to be more human, right? So I've always loved to companies that incorporate a lot of video in their communication in the remote world. 
because there's nothing hearing directly from your CEO or your leader in a video format versus text. You can see emotions. I mean, it's it, obviously it's human. So if you can do that, it's better in, in a hybrid remote world. Meanwhile, if you're very in office, it's kind of nice sometimes to do written word because it's very clear and you're not doing presentations where I might have missed a, a word or two and I don't quite understand things. So then written word and emails or long form content becomes more effective in certain ways. So it really is dependent on the culture, which is why I always go back to just content and channel. What are you trying to accomplish with the goal? What content's the right content for the channel? And that depends, I think, on the company entirely. All right. So let's jump a little bit forward then. We have defined our objective. We've designed the messaging, chosen the channel, morphed the messaging to the channel, make sure it all lines up with what our audience would like to see and hear and experience. And we've put the campaign out there. How do we know it's been successful? How do we measure the success or not of an internal marketing campaign, Rick? That is a loaded question. There's a lot to it, right? You know, to be honest, it's why my partners and I started Workshop, which is our product that supports a lot of this internal communications campaigns, because we spend a lot of time. I, I used to work at a company that cared deeply about a culture and employee engagement. And I spent, as a leader at that company, the better half of my career there. I bet any given week I was doing 75% of my effort was inspiring internal teams around things, right? And I realized like how... I spent all this time, but I never really understood how it was received until the engagement survey three months later, right? Are people more engaged or less engaged because we're not doing engagement surveys on a monthly or weekly basis, maybe in a poll setting? So I think that what's important from a measurement standpoint is understanding that there are tools out there that allow you to do this. And if you're spending a lot of effort, energy, and even resources, money, inspiring your internal teams, and you're not measuring the results, then I would find tools that allow you to at least get the basic information around how is this received, right? So tools like Workshop, there's other companies, I'm not trying to sell my product. There's other things in the in the industry that, that do this type of stuff on like internal email tracking and how are even messages received in Slack and the content, but in a very similar way that marketing is focused on understanding the data behind the work so that they can improve the next campaign or adjust it. I think that internal communications teams should be doing the same. Another way, though, that is a little more anecdotal, understand your engagement survey. I think that the email newsletter thing that we just kind of brought up about, like everything's in the newsletter, it's it, there's way too much information. Have you ever just walked around the office and asked your employees what the most important thing we're doing this month is? Right. And if a lot of them can't answer that question and you know it's in the last newsletter, that's probably a good thing to figure out. Right. So, so I think that you can do some really low tech studying on understanding like if I have four or five things are the most important things in the company right now, it might be the easiest. I mean, your leadership team knows you have the conversations, but does the individual contributor in marketing or in product and engineering? Can they recite those things? If they can't, and you've kind of done some surveys, just roughly speaking, I would think about how can I pare down that message and make it a little bit more clear. So I don't think that tech has to be the solution because you can get it in other ways. But when you can choose technology to kind of understand the success of these things, the engagement across pockets of your organization, that's better. And I would try to find a simple solution for that. All right. I love that anecdotal suggestion. Nobody really knows what's going on. And that's probably a good indicator that your campaigns aren't working or certainly not the way you'd like them to work. Okay, so we've gone through creation and we put out the campaigns. We are measuring them as best as we can to determine whether or not we're, we're winning in that area or not. 
And as I like to come back to the ultimate objective of internal marketing fulsomely is engagement and advocacy, employee advocacy. Because ultimately, I think one of the best tests of whether or not your internal marketing is really working or that machinery is really working is if your employees are like, look, they want to talk about where they work. I think it's not only a great company and from an employer brand perspective, it's great. But the products and or services that we provide are things that they also want to talk about and sing about and share with their own respective networks. And yes, sensitizing your employees about what the products and services are and what makes them great is part of the internal marketing campaign process. But I think also empowerment is important. How are we empowering our teams to be advocates for the brand? Could you share with us in your view or certainly in your experience, how can companies start to empower their employees to be those advocates, those ambassadors for the company brand? The easiest way, I prefer if I was in any company, that it felt very organic, right? Because your employees are naturally inspired by what you're doing. So they want to tell their friends and they want to talk to customers and tell them about what they're building. I think that those, that's the best way. And of course, that all starts with just Everything we've talked about here, internal marketing in general, inspiring teams around the mission, the the value that the products provide to customers, all those things, customer stories, success stories, those things help with advocacy. However, I do think that there is an intentionality that a lot of companies kind of miss out on. At Workshop, we love the word intentional because if you're doing anything well, you can just tack the word intentional on the front and you can probably do it better. And I think that intentionality around how you create employee advocates is an exciting conversation that we could probably spend a whole other podcast on because previous company that that I founded, we again, we cared deeply about, about culture. We used to have kind of a bar and restaurant test, which was if I was at a bar with a friend and I wanted to explain what my company did, every employee should have the same exact story, which I think is very rare for lots of organizations that you can expect your employee to kind of sell the same vision that you would as a founder or owner of the company. So we actually would train our employees around what story we want to tell. We would do it very organically, but we actually had an elevator pitch that every employee had to read in training. And the reality was what it meant, at least in our community, because it was mostly about recruiting, right? It was mostly about trying to find the best employees to join the team, not customers. In our community, it meant that when people met people that were working at our company out in, you know, in the wild, at a restaurant, a bar, whatever, they heard the same story about why we were doing what we're doing. And uh, that consistency really does matter. So I think there is like a level of intentionality that if you believe in employee advocacy, yes, you should just do the organic inspiration and hope they go out in the world and, and talk about what you're doing, but tell them that you want them to be an advocate. What are you, are you confident talking about the companies or something that you're missing or not understanding about what we're doing? I think that those actual real conversations help. And for us, it meant in the end, having a very like specific piece of time and training over time with these employees that was focused on what type of brand are we trying to build in our city? How do we talk about it? All of these things. And that's just being intentional about this idea that, of course, we all want employees to be advocates. How do we will that into existence? And I think that that's actually focusing on the problem and trying to figure out where's your employees, where are they lacking in knowledge or confidence in the story? And let's solve those problems. I like the word intentional, because I think sometimes too, even as companies, we perhaps take it for granted or assume that, oh, they like working here and they know the products and services. And so employee advocacy is going to happen naturally. And sometimes you really do need to have that framework in place that supports employees to be able to be those brand ambassadors, which are really the best ambassadors that we could ever have. 
Everybody likes to talk about examples, practical examples, Rick, and I'm sure you have a few, again, based on the companies that you would have been working with, partnering with, supporting with in the whole matter of internal marketing. Could you share some practical examples of internal marketing campaigns done by companies that did very well? Yeah, I think that it is fun to dream. And the one that I've been talking about this whole podcast about new hires is something that you know we've seen customers do. I think it's pretty easy for company to kind of just have this operational mindset that says, yeah, we're onboarding new employees, we're growing, you know, assimilated into the culture and like, it's fine. I think one of the cooler examples is watching a company build an entire campaign about introducing these new employees to the organization, especially in a remote world, because they may not even see them face to face for who knows when they land on a Zoom call someday, right? And I think that intentionality, to use that word again, is is super impressive. But I would say even uh, simple examples, because it's fun to dream about cool things like that, which I think are uh, relatively innovative, honestly, in a hybrid remote world. To do like videos of every employee, I think it's kind of cool. But but we see companies use our product for things as simple as making sure that their sales organization knows what goals exist this week, right? So we're this close to goal, we have this much to go. We have seven customers to onboard, hopefully by the end of the, the month. And the important part of like that simple example is that it's consistently coming from the same channel in the same format every week. It's something they can rely on to know how to get their job done. So it's all about alignment. It's a very simple concept. And then last example, I'll, I'll talk more about just the concept of simplifying your newsletter. I've seen customers of ours, after we've had this conversation around like, just let's kill your newsletter and start from scratch. You're laughing about it, but it's very true. What we see a lot is that these companies that come to us, they just have this like newsletter that just scrolls forever. And I'll be honest, like nobody wants to read it. So what we do is help them kind of pare that down. And I, and I like to use the story of one company that used our product. They sent this newsletter out. It's actually quite a good one, but it's still very long. And we have a feature where you can sort and filter on like how many, you know, let's look at the sales team specifically and how they're engaging with this content, what they're clicking on. And their entire company was highly engaged in in reading and and opening this email. Their sales team was like a 30% drop off. And, And we're like, that's interesting. Like, why would that be? Well, it's of course, because they are much more focused on like getting on the phones and like anything that disrupts their day actually means they probably get paid less, frankly, right? So what we understood and we queried some of the the sales leaders in that company. And they just said that it's just too long. It's like, we open it and it's like, I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes reading this and trying to understand it. So it was another like just data point of simplification. So we took that newsletter and took it down to three or four bullets about what's most important this this week. And if you want to learn more, you can click through and understand it and engagement goes up. Those are three examples. But if you have a newsletter, I just encourage everyone on the call to study the data around that specific thing, because if you're doing nothing else, you're probably doing. And I bet with a little bit of intentionality, you can do it 10 times better and more effectively. And you can go around your office and ask people what's most important this week. And just with a couple shifts in strategy, you can actually solve that problem almost overnight. Sidebar question. How do you see internal podcasts picking up in popularity? I mean, if I may just speak from my own personal experience in the company that I work for, we had a newsletter. (laughs) And when you tried to find out how many people actually read it, it wasn't the numbers that we wanted to see. And so we switched to a video podcast instead. And it seems to be working much better. I mean, it's not where we'd like to be entirely, but it's certainly better received. People love the video format and, and so on. I mean, what's your, in your experience, how are companies employing that? Do you see it picking up steam? It's definitely a new concept. And I, for one, love What's cool about it is that's a good example where you could take kind of like 
a monthly newsletter, or a weekly newsletter, or whatever the company is doing on a cadence, and bring that into kind of a bite-sized radio show almost. That's super cool. You bring on people to do interviews or whatever. I think it's, again, back to like humanizing the experience of an employee, certainly in a remote and hybrid world. That's a really good way to do it. But actually, I think what's maybe more interesting once the podcast internally is effective is the stories three or four layers deep in an organization. And I've seen companies that use podcasts to kind of highlight inside the finance department, what are they working on, right? What is an interesting project the finance team is focused on? I'd listen to that podcast if I'm highly engaged in the company that I work at because it's interesting to me and it's a colleague of mine and I'm very curious about what inspires them. So I love this idea of like, yeah, that newsletter style podcast makes a lot of sense for a company that might be trying it. But if you have more employee-led or bottom storytelling, that's pretty cool to me. I would love to listen to podcasts from pockets of the organization where people are working on things that I don't even understand, but it actually is core to my own success. And it's a colleague of mine and I'm excited for their excitement. I think that's a really cool opportunity with the podcast. Awesome. Yeah, it is a great idea. So Rick, this has been a great conversation. So many awesome takeaways, nuggets, as I like to call them. As our guest today and everything you would have shared, what in your view would be or should be the biggest takeaway that our listeners should be coming away with from this conversation, having listened to everything you would have shared? I just think about the things that we kind of hit on quite a bit that tend to bubble up. And that's when you're building internal campaigns, being focused around different types of content for different types of channels. But also maybe even one layer above that is simplification and intentionality. So if you're a large organization, there's probably just way too much information being shared and you have to say no. And as an internal comms leader, understand what the priorities are. So simplification is maybe the easiest thing you can do to further align your teams. And I think you do that through intentionality. At some point, If we just take a step back and look at what we're sending to our employees on a weekly or monthly basis and say, let's audit that. Let's understand, like, what are we throwing at them and how much and how frequently? You're probably going to find that, wow, that isn't a good experience. Like, how could you possibly know what's most important in the company? And that's just being a little bit more intentional than you were yesterday about what we're sending. So intentionality and simplification for me is maybe the first step in any improvements with internal comms. So I might start there if we're going to pull some nuggets out. Thank you. And of course, as my final question, which is the same question I ask all of my awesome guests, and certainly even more so because you are my awesome sponsor, (laughs) Workshop is, how can we, the internal marketing tribe, support you? And I think it's a great time if you could just share with us about Workshop and who you are and the great solution that you have. No, I appreciate that. And, and of course, the, the honors are, is like, I think that the content you push out is, uh, is core to evolving this idea of internal comms and internal marketing specifically. You're doing incredible work. We're excited to be a part of it. Yeah, so Workshop is an internal marketing platform. I think they were one of the few products in the world that are going to claim that. And what we do is, is allow internal comms teams to create content. We give them content creation tools, so email and also cross-posting to other channels, as I mentioned, and then we allow them to send out to targeted lists. Of course, uh, large organizations have a challenge with keeping their distribution list up to date so they can be confident that the message is being received. And then we provide all the data on the back end to really measure how your internal comm strategy is being uh, received and how effective it has been so you can kind of improve those things in the future. So how you can support us, if you know any internal comms people, say workshop in front of them as many times as you can. 
and hopefully they'll come to our website. That might be the easiest thing. And for those that uh, haven't uh, checked it out, please do. But I will say, if you go to our website at useworkshop.com, there's a ton of free resources that we provide internal comms teams, uh, whether it's auditing your existing internal comms strategy or even building a checklist for onboarding employees. Like all this stuff is totally free and available, really well-crafted and built by industry experts. So if you don't use our product, please read our content. That's uh, available to you for totally for free. So. Great. Thank you so much. Yes, it is a great website, great resources. And of course, I always like to talk about your Happy Monday Club as well, which is another great resource that you provide to folks who subscribe, happymondayclub.com. So it's been a great conversation, Rick. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you and your entire team for your partnership, but also for how you are supporting so many companies with implementing and running their own internal marketing campaigns and activities. It's really wonderful. And as I shared with you in the lead up, I think that more companies are catching the vision about the importance of internal marketing. For those of us who are already there, we're probably early adopters to a certain extent. But once we keep having the conversation, once we keep talking about the great benefits that it provides to companies and their strategies and their ability to succeed over time, I know more and more people will be catching the vision too and jumping on board. So Rick, thank you so much again for your time, for sharing all of your expertise. And I wish for you and the entire workshop team a great rest of the 2022 (laughs) and beyond. Thank you so much. And that's it for season two of the Internal Marketing Podcast. Thank you to all of you who continue to tune in and be a part of the Internal Marketing Conversation. I appreciate you very, very much. And of course, I have to give again a special thank you to Workshop, who has been my sponsor for this entire season. I appreciate your partnership, Workshop team, and it has been a pleasure having you on board for the ride. And of course, in case you guys wanted to know, yes, I'll be back for season three of the Internal Marketing Podcast. Follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter, of course, Carrie Ann Betton Stimson, or you can follow the Internal Marketing Podcast pages on LinkedIn and Twitter as well to get the latest details on when our season three launch date is going to be. So I look forward to reconnecting with you again soon. And thank you for listening.